waited to hear this story. A long time. A long time. I took you and the kids because they had a swim meet. Yes. In South Point. And yes. We stayed at this hotel. You all went in to go to bed for the night. Yes. And I'm sitting out on the deck drinking my espresso coffee. I think you and I played backgammon we for played a little bit. We played backgammon and yes. then we went to bed. Well, in the meantime, after you all were in there, this car drives up. I look down, there's a parking lot, and these guys get out of the car. The one guy looks up and he waves at me. Okay, fine. Anyway, they come upstairs after they've registered and they're just down the hall from our room. Okay. And he decides he's going to sit down and he's going to talk with me. He wants to play backgammon. I kind of remember this part of the story. Okay. Okay. Well, he didn't know anything about backgammon, or me for that matter. Anyhow, he goes on and on and he's bragging about, oh, how, you know, they're here on a job and um, they're going to meet with the but, owner of the restaurant. But how long did it take him for them? Were they drinking at all? Because I can't remember if they were there for a while before the bragging began. Oh no, they weren't. They, they started bragging pretty much. They, they st he started bragging, he started bragging right away. The other two had gone to the room. Okay. And he comes over and sits down and starts talking and wants to take me out. Uh, let's go, you know any place good we can go for a drink? I said, no, first of all, I'm not in the mood. <laughs> Secondly, I'm married and very happy. So no, I'm not interested. And then he goes on and on and he starts telling me about why they're there. They're going to put a hit on the owner of the restaurant. I wasn't crazy. This was the story. Yeah. And uh, I said, oh, really? And he said, yeah. He said, in the morning, we're going to get a hold of him. He, uh, you know, placed bets and didn't come through. Owes us money. We're putting a hit on him. And I'm going, uh-huh. I, I didn't believe this. I thought he was just making it up. Well, right. A little braggadocia. The two guys from the room come out. One is only, I think he was like maybe 17 years old. Just okay. a young kid. And he was doing the driving for them. The other one was very well dressed. Very well spoken. And, you know, comes over to the table. And I said, you know, your buddy here, I said, he's got some big story that he's telling me about how... You all are going to knock off the owner of the restaurant. I said, God, talk about making up story. His face turned white. He turned to the guy and he said, you're not supposed to discuss anything. And then I realized, oh, shoot. So it wasn't the owner of the hotel. It was the owner of the restaurant that was attached to the hotel. I remember the yeah, restaurant. Yeah, the restaurant. Is, that's who he was. they were going after. Oh. And I thought, mm, we come here a lot and he's a nice guy. I didn't know we had a game. See, I didn't know because I think I was in third grade when, when we were on this trip. Yeah. So I only remember this. We're at a swim meet for one of your sons, and my cousin, you know, my other, my other cousin who was not swimming was hanging out with me. I don't remember. I didn't know that you had known that location that well. Yeah. I well, thought it was just like a random hole in the wall place we stopped. I, I waited for them to all go to their room because I thought, I don't want them to know which room is mine. And once they were in their room, I went into my room and I immediately called down to the desk. And I then got in touch with the state police who were just down the road. And I told them what was going on and um, I figured, okay, now they know. Then I get a call and it's the state police. 
could we talk to you? I said, about what? Was this middle of the night, by the way? Do you remember? That, that was at night. Okay. So anyway, uh, they said, well, we would like for you to be in the restaurant when they come in. Could, would you be willing to do that? And I said, yeah, I could do that. I said, because I was wearing a wig when they saw me. And I said, I'll be not wearing a wig when I'm in the restaurant. <laughs> and I said, um, you know, I'll be in such and such a booth. And I said, so you can meet me there and tell me what you want me to Where do. Where were we? In the room sleeping. Oh, my gosh. So the next morning, you know, I get over to the restaurant, talk to the officers, and he said, the one officer, it's the only one I saw at the time, and he said, uh, when they walk in, then you, just, you know, and they go to a table. He said, then you get up and walk out and we'll know that's who That's you. the table, yeah, okay. That's the table. I said, okay. So, and they come. I'm not sitting with the officer anymore. I'm sitting by myself with a cup of coffee. Uh, they come in, they go sit at a table. I got up and I walked out. As I get to the door, I you know, turned to close the door and their backs were to me and the, officers, the officer was over at another table and I said, and out were I Were they went. plain clothes or they were? Okay. So then I go upstairs and I said uh, to the kids, I said, listen, I said, I don't want you outside. I said, please just stay in the room. Then I went downstairs to the desk and I told them what was going on. And I said, whatever you do, you know, just stay inside. I kind of remember that part. Well, just the stay inside part. But not for the reason why. We were just pissed off we had to stay inside. We didn't well, know what was going on. I'm trying to think of what her name was. I can't think of it. But she was one of the female swimmers on our team. And she comes out and she's, she was a pain in the neck anyway. And she's, you know, carrying on. And I said, go to your room and go now. I said, um, if your mom wants to know why I'm sending you back to the room, tell her to call the office. I'll be there. Okay. I get to the office. I told him what was happening. I never saw anybody. I mean, I only saw that one trooper. Well, I'm looking out curtain, and I can see the guy's car. They went over to their car, opened the hood, and I mean, out of nowhere come all these people that are... Well, they're all undercover, right? Undercover. Sure. Uh, well, they did their job right. They walked across this park. Oh, they were there. You just didn't see them. I bet. So, that's the story. That's the story. They got him. They confiscated everything. And I did tell the officer when I had to sit there and write it all down. I took a 17-year-old, I think, is way out of line, number one, by hooking up. Well, sure. He didn't know these people to begin with, and they corralled him. I said, honestly, I don't think he's at fault. Right. His life would have been over. If he was part of that. Yeah, well, yeah. But being underage, it'd have been okay. Well, not today. Now they would say charge you as a, a juvenile. Well, adult. the crazy thing is, then yeah. I then I get a a message that I have to appear in court. I said, What? Cool. I had to go down to the area and testify to the grand jury. Well, sure, what, sure. What I, witnessed and heard and then I run into 
the guy in the black shirt that thought he was Johnny Cash. Mr. Braggadocia? Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, he, he kind of looks at me, and I just kind of walked away. And then I heard them say something about your parents have put up, they've, they've uh, put a mortgage on their house to pay for your bail. I'd like to turn around and I'd like to kick him right now. Oh, his, his parents had put him. Now, let me ask this question. Do you, I know that I remember most of the story. I don't remember the after part because I was really young when this all happened. And... I remember you saying about the story about how you kept them up late. They wanted to wait and wait. You, just, I know you're my night owl aunt. You would play, you would drink your coffee, smoke your cigarettes till three or four in the morning or later if maybe, or necessarily, necessarily go to bed at all. And I remember that part of the story of you saying that you had to wait them out, that they kept waiting thinking you'd eventually go back in your room. Do you think had they known which room you're in, nefarious things may have happened? Is it possible? Oh, that was my gut feeling. Yeah. Once I saw the expression on that gentleman's face, I thought, oh man, my life is in danger. Yeah. And I don't want my kids hurt. Well, you didn't want your most beautiful nephew hurt either. Well, you were one of my kids. I, I'm just kidding. Listen, you know I, what, I... You know what was funny? Do you remember that? how many times you tried to go for a walk? And yeah, I remember. And, don't, and, I don't want that on tape. And guess, and guess who was waiting for Three you Three store. miles later, almost an hour later, 45 minutes later, just as I'm about to get to the convenience store, the only convenience store within freaking 20 miles of yeah. Ashburn you'd come pulling off like you had it so well-timed. This was before GPS chips, but I but your timing was so good it was almost as if you knew. Oh, I did. The minute I saw you taking off. Save me from a lot of summer ho hos, that's for sure. But no, I listen. I tell people stories like that that I I consider myself very blessed. That there have been several times when I should not be here. One of them was when I got hit by a car when I was just before six years old, and once when I got hit by a car when I was thirteen years old. But this story stood out. I don't think my parents ever understood that story. I don't know. Did you ever tell I my parents? Yeah, because I think they would have lost their minds oh, if they had probably. known. But I, when I used to tell people the story, I think I would get the look of like, you're, yeah, you're, this is like one of the same things. You've got to be making this up. No way, believe me. Yeah, that's why I had to get this on tape because even I was, you know, because you start to, did I really remember it that way? Was it, but I remember you telling me that you just had to wait these guys out. But I never knew about Attorney Ash White or. Oh, my God. Or all the troopers. I just remember kind of like, well, this is, you know, you kind of downplayed it, which I understood we were yeah, nine I mean, years old. Yeah, I mean, hey, you guys didn't even know anything about it. And, of course, that little smarty pants female, to this day, I want to wring her neck. Yeah. Because I thought, you know, I don't want to be responsible for somebody da doing danger to you. And I just go to your room. Listen to your And have your voice. mother call yeah. the office, and they'll tell her exactly why I'm sending you back to your room. You listen to your inner voice. Oh, yeah. And most don't. We often, you know, ah, it wouldn't be us. I and mean, there's always that Every one. Every time you know, I do not listen to that inner voice, I regret it. Yeah. One was Aunt Louise, your great Aunt Louise, was visiting my mom. I was living and working in in Columbus. And I thought, okay, I'm going to rent one of the Columbus, one of the Lazarus vehicles. And I'm going to make a trip down and see my dad. Okay. So, before going to bed that night to go pick up my car in the morning, something says, oh, you, maybe you better not make this trip. And I'm like, no, 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 I didn't pay any attention to it. So I got in the car, 
and they had loaned me a little Fiat. No, yeah, a little Fiat, but the seat was jammed. Okay. And I thought, yeah, I can still drive it, but you know, you can't put the seat back. Right. It's awful. Well, anyway. You're up against the steering wheel, which is not safe. Leaving Columbus and heading down to Marietta, Parkersburg area. Uh, the crazy thing is, it was foggy. It was terrible weather. If I was going to have any problems, it would have been on that trip down. So I'm thinking, hey, it's okay. I get to visit my mom and my aunt. And, uh, okay, mom's starting her thing. I've got to get out of here. <laughs> so I leave. Sun is shining. It's a beautiful day. And I'm pulling out, and I'm on um, Route 60 heading north. And I get probably a mile out of Lowell. And this car with these kids is coming straight at me. And I swerved the car so as not to get hit by them, let alone hit them. Sure. Because they were head on. I ended up rolling over in the ditch, managed to get out, take the seat belt off. I had a hairpiece on it, it was hanging over the door. The back window is completely gone. Oh my goodness! Jeez. Should have listened to that little kids, voice. And the kids kept driving. They didn't pay never attention. even saw it. But who drives by as I'm standing out and just got getting out of the car? My mother and my aunt. Oh God! And mom's driving, but Aunt Louise goes, "Hey, you're, there's your daughter in the ditch." <laughs> Mom turns around. And goes, Mom, I just uh, you had an accident. I didn't go into detail. Yeah, well. So I get back to Lowell, right. the garage there, with the car, because it was drivable. I call Lazarus up, and I said, hey, I'm going to tell you something. I said, I've just been in an accident. The car is, you know, it's still running. Right, but it's but not back, pretty. But the back window's gone, and okay. I said, the state troopers, they know what happened. And I said, um, I will drive it back to your store, which is what I did. But the troopers wanted to know, can you do it? And I said, oh, yeah, it's no big deal. So <laughs> I figured, you know, it, it runs. Jesus, man. It doesn't look very good, but it runs. And my parents wonder why I turned out the way I do with these kinds of influences in my life. I mean, seriously. I mean, you've got to remember, I'm the one who drove from Philadelphia to Boulder, Colorado in one nonstop 27-hour trip. You're crazy. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> I am so glad. I wish we were here on happier circumstances. I really do. But I'm so glad that you that you came because um, I literally, I, I'm telling you, I believe in putting stuff out in the universe. And not even two days ago, I was like, I need to connect with you. I need to find out about this story. About that story. I had to. And, uh, and, and the thought that I was not going to see you. I was like, I'm going to miss that opportunity. That's why I saw you. I'm like, Todd, I've got to get my tripod. i got to well, get Well, you know where I live. Yes. And you and your wife and the kids are welcome to come. Well, we have. there's a few more stories I think I need to get from you on oh, this yeah? one. So. Well, you'll have to remind me what they are because <laughs> there's so many of them. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to cut that here, but that's it. It's a real story. It's, I, a real it's not story. something I made up. It's not BS. Yeah. As far uh, as I know, the guy's still in jail. So I Who owe knows? you. You saved my life. Yeah, you really did. I, I saved mean, all of them. Yeah, saved all of us because you know we all listen. It, everything's never happens to you, but you, every day you read the paper, these weird, I, bizarro the crazy cases. Thing is, I end up in in the middle of something that I had no intention of being <laughs> you in. I just wanted some coffee and back in. <laughs> yeah, just you know, just leave me alone. I mean, I I told 
My sister Zelinda emailed me one day. I don't really know you. Yes, sir. So I sat down and wrote an epistle. Right. And I gave her all that information. I said, yeah. This is me. Yeah. I said, and all I want to do now is, I said, I basically raised all of you kids. Because mom, well, she, you, you know mom. Was it five, five daughters, one son? Uh-huh. Yeah, big family, six kids and total. So To me, they were my babies. Yeah. I think one time I had a, I got a doll for Christmas, which your mother decided she was mad at me. So she cut the hair and she cut the dress. It was the only doll I ever got. Well, Karma got back to her with that metal tin piece that she cut herself with. Oh, the Donald Duck yeah, was on the, like bo that. the bottom of the can something and she like wanted that. to live. And, yeah, say karma. Yeah. She doesn't believe in karma, well, but okay. I believe in karma. That's okay. You see, I've got I've got a scar here where she slammed my finger in the door. So she we're even. To be honest, they grew up on a ninety three acre farm. You can't blame them for having to beat up on each other. There's nothing else to do out there. <laughs> I mean after after you take a swim in the pond, what else was there to do? Horseback riding. Don't get me started. <laughs> driving the tractor and mowing. 33 acres of lawn. We did love getting to know whatever we visited. I did all visited. of that, yeah. yeah. Now, what was the age difference between you and Albert? What's the age gap oh, no, between you? 16 years. So, so yeah. So, by the time he was born, yeah, you were well, well, you know, into... I was in morning school. Yeah. When he was born, uh, the, the hospital was right next door to the academy. And I remember Mother Superior coming down to the dining areas and said, I'm... Your mother called, and you have permission to go call her on the phone. She's over at St. Joe's. I said, okay. So I get on the phone with my mom, and she said, you have a baby brother. I said, yeah, what's her name? So I figured it was going to be another girl. <laughs> she said, in all fairness, after that many daughters in a row. She said, no, really, you have a brother. I said, uh, sister said I could, I could come over to the hospital and see you, so I won't believe it until I peek in that yeah, right. diaper. You think this is, a, this is an April Fool's joke? I thought it was. Not in October, but anyway. <laughs> so I get over there, and uh, sure enough, it's a little boy. And I'm going, mm. And then he gives me this crap about... He, the reason he came last was... Uh, I forget what it is, but something to do with... Dad had to get it right. I'm going, it took him long enough. <laughs> Did your mom probably like, enough! Six is enough! <laughs> Who knows? I mean, if he'd had another girl, if, if Albert had been a girl, do you think there'd have been a seven? Oh, there probably would have been. But I, the crazy thing is... No wonder your mom was cranky uh, you once know, in a while. <laughs> Dad was always working. Yeah. And mom was mom. And my brother... You know, I loved him. I still love him. I hate, I hate him sometimes, but I love him. And uh, it's crazy because I basically started raising him. I was working in Philadelphia, and the excuse was I had to go home because Mom was going to have vein surgery done on her legs, and he was an infant, and I needed to come home and take care of Mom and the baby and the kids and my dad. So I gave up my different job. different time, different yeah. generation. So I come home yeah. and while she's in the hospital, I mean I cleaned from ceiling to floor. Everything was done in immaculate because I thought, well, you know, get infection, she's gonna be sure. laid up, she won't sure. be walking around. The first thing she does when she comes in the door in the kitchen is Oh no. Oh you 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 washed the curtains? Oh, you did uh, I thought 
As usual, that's mom. No, no good deed. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, I had a, a schedule. What I did was, uh, you know, I, I planned uh, everything for their breakfast and their school lunches. Get them out the door with dad. I mean, it seems like take care of mom's breakfast. You were basically an au pair slash au pair, nanny slash you name it surrogate and mother. Nothing, nothing made her happy. Wow. And so you know, I she was a tough. She was a tough woman to please, to say the she least. She was a pain in the ass. Hey, you could oh, say I it's your mom. Say that. <laughs> I know. I love my grandmother, but she was a too. she was a tough. I loved her dearly. She was tough. Nothing, yeah, nothing was ever right. And I don't know. I you know I always say like because you know with my own parents, I always say I no longer look at the person. I always look at who who were they raised by, because like with my grandfather Benedict, he was very uh, distant to my father. But I said to my dad, I have to look at his father and think about how he was raised during the Depression. Yeah, yeah. And there was no, you know what love was? Putting food on the table. Yeah. Love was having a roof over the head. Wasn't like we have today where we're huggy right, and lovey. Right. So I said, I have to forgive him because it was how he was brought up. Right. It's not that he well, that's didn't, he just might not have been capable because he way, never had the it. The way mom and her siblings were brought up was where you sit at the table, you don't open your mouth. Yeah, seen and not heard. That was definitely seen and not heard. Yeah, with and, the grandparents. Uh, and their favorite expression was not to see. Shut the your mouth. No, change the subject. Don't, oh, don't, is that what Stata Zee means? Don't talk. Don't talk. I thought that was shut your mouth. No, that's ferme la bouche. That's French, but uh, it's similar. Anyway, it's funny because I remember Aunt Mill saying something to me once. Where do you get all this information from about the family? I said, excuse me, but I was the schlep that had to pour the coffee, the table. <laughs> Just because I'm not saying it, it doesn't mean I'm not present. I, I, was, I was listening to everything you had to say, and when the, when the children would come into the room, yes. you switched from Italian to English. Oh. So I picked up the Italian. I learned. Right, right, I right. can't speak it now, but that's how it went. I learned to speak or to translate what they had to say. Yes. And I heard it all there. And Uncle Rudy, uh, I, I liked him. I really did. Up I love my Uncle Rudy. Well, he wasn't my uncle. He was your Uncle Rudy, but. Well, he was your great uncle. You're right. But he was a horse's no, But not to a kid. As a kid, though, he's, you know, all you see is the. Oh, he, he was the apple of grandmother's oh, yeah. eye. <laughs> he really you was. Know, uh, <laughs> that, that guy could do no wrong. Yeah. And he was. I get a little bit of that. Maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, little, grandma, little, little, little she treated her daughters yeah. one way she treated the boys. Uh, but luckily, time. Uncle Carl and Uncle uh, Jack, yeah. they moved away, <laughs> Uncle Carl and his family. But, um, yeah, it was... Well, listen, I can see my daughters are giving me, giving me a big hug. I'm so oh. glad I got to see you. Well, I really am. You got to come sometime. <laughs>